Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a play. Sheep needs to be in perfect years. The Eagle has landed for the Premiers in 2018. G'day everyone, welcome to the West Coast Eagles Big Footy Podcast. Well, the AFL Draft is just around the corner, so coming up on this special edition of the show, we'll break down everything that an Eagles fan would need to know before the draft. I'm your host, Honey Badger 35 and long-time listeners may know that I am about as far from a draft expert as it gets, so I've brought in a couple of people, some of the brighter minds of the big footy draft community. They're going to take us through what we need to know ahead of next week's draft. Firstly, I'm happy to welcome back to the show, Asterix the Gaul. How are you? Very well, yourself? Yep, very well. Exciting time of year, as always. Uh, the Eagles, perhaps... Don't have the biggest haul of draft picks to do stuff with, but we'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, I'm also joined by a pair of podcast debutantes. So firstly, can I welcome to the show, Monocle. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Honey Badger. It's great to be on and uh, make a bit of a contribution. It'll be good. Yes, that it will. And getting a bit of a view from abroad all the way from the East Coast. Happy to welcome to the show, East Coast Eagle. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Happy to make this uh, quite national. That's it. We're going national. We're going big time. You're getting all the information. You're getting all the scoops. Gents, there's plenty to discuss, so let's just dive into it. Well, the Eagles are hitting the draft, perhaps not as hard as we would have liked. They, of course, the bumper trade for Tim Kelly is going to be forever linked with this draft class. But Asterix, we gave up a lot. I'll start with your thoughts on this one. Uh, the picks we gave up for Kelly, quite a haul, but we've, of course, got a star player back. Where does that leave the Eagles as we head into the 2019 AFL draft? Uh, I've got my avatar as we're all in. This is us saying 2020 is, is the year we're going for another flag. It's the tilt time. Getting Kelly in means that we don't address the need for our midfield depth. It's a bit, we've got a brilliant midfielder in Kelly coming on board. I'm quite about 2020. Yeah, there's a lot to be excited about, certainly as it pertains to the high-end talent, obviously addressing the midfield by bringing in Tim Kelly, uh, a fantastic addition. Monocle, where that leaves us with, with our actual haul of draft picks and what we've got really to, to do things with in this draft period, we've got pick 46 currently, we've got pick 91, and also pick 108 at the tail end there. So... Not a bounty of options, but uh, certainly something that's workable and, and perhaps you know a, a way we can move this club forward and, and sort of address the depth as we go. Yeah, certainly is. And I suppose we've got to do that with that backdrop of us accumulating a lot of talent over the last couple of years. So we have got some young kids coming through. One of the, one of the benefits of doing the mock draft was actually showing at pick 46 where a few tipping points in the draft occurred. In terms of, say, draft pick eight, from eight through to about 35, there was an evenness. And after that, doing the mock draft, looking back at 46, so it was, it was really apparent it would be great if we could have moved 46, some way packaging that into a late 30, mid-30 pick, because there's still some very good quality there. So, look, you've got to assess the thing. Yeah, we've only got a few picks, but Hawthorne have shown over the years that they're given away early picks, but the beauty for them is that they've nailed 
some real gems with late picks, and that's what we've got to do. Just got to trust uh, O'Brien and his team uh, to uh, to do so. Now, before we dive fully on into the draft, let's take a quick look at some of the transactions that the Eagles have made over the last few weeks and indeed months since the end of the season. Uh, East Coast, we've seen a couple of interesting changes pertaining to guys like Matt Allen, Kurt Mutimer, uh, McInnes, Reak, Bynes, Brooksby, Smith, and of course, Chris Marston. So there is a, a somewhat of a, a mass exodus or a, at least a, a significant list turnover there. It leaves us with a few depth spots needing to be addressed. So what was your take on some of the players that have exited the club and uh, any surprises in there? Any Anything that you were particularly happy or upset about with those list changes? Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, a little bit uh, taken back by, I guess, a few of them uh, when they got uh, named, like the, the likes of Mason Early, um, Archie, Brayshaw, and somewhat Smith. Uh, I was a little bit surprised with them, but I think when you overlaid it all, uh, you could really see why they did what they did. And especially with, I guess, Archie and Brayshaw, they've sort of left <coughs> left themselves uh, quite open on draft night because our second pick doesn't uh, come in till pick 90. So, uh, it really is sort of like a rookie pick, so they can really swing between what they do in the national draft and then also with the rookie selections. And then I guess for the other half of it, it was the Mertenmer, um, Allen, McInnes and Brooksby. I wasn't that surprised, if I'm honest. I think we've got fairly good ruck depth. Uh, and I think Williams, who we got last year, who I was really excited about, uh, he's really taken the mantle this year. Uh, so they thought they could probably clear off a McInnes and a Brooksby. Um, so, yeah, no real surprises with that, but I, I guess it's a job for the team to really balance the list uh, and also the salaries. Um, Tim Kelly came in on a big salary, so they had to really think through that. Asterix, before we dive into the specifics of the draft, just talking generally, it's, it's almost become a bit of a running joke on the Eagles board in terms of how many picks do we need to take and all this sort of thing. But do you want to just briefly take us through the mechanics of the draft, especially as it pertains to these guys like Archie and Brayshaw, guys that we've delisted but have left the door ajar for a return. So what, what does the actual mechanism of the draft look like for the Eagles here? Okay, so the, the mechanism of the draft, we must take three new players that can also include a rookie upgrade, and we're, we're going to be doing that with Watson. So we have to take a minimum of two players in the draft, and then it's a matter of what we want our list profile to look at. In 2019, we had 39 on the main list, five rookies, and two category Bs. Now, the changes in the rules with rookies is that they can play. So it really is it's a salary and um, a tenure play as to who's on your, your rookie list, as against whether or not, like you say, three years ago, they could play. So from that perspective, coming in, coming out, we've, we've delisted five players in Marston, Muta, Morelland, Archie and Brayshaw. Coming in is one of Kelly, two of Watson, and then we probably either take two, we could take three, we will take a minimum of two picks, but we could take three or we could even take four picks in the draft if we wanted to go to a, a 40 and a 4 basis. I doubt whether we will, but I think that could be the case. And then in our rookie list, we need to take a total of, of four, assuming we're taking five in on the uh, on the main list, uh, because we got rid of McInnes, we got rid of Brooksby, we got rid of Smith, and we're, uh, we've upgraded Watson, so the only one left there is, is Edwards. So that's where we stand. Minimum of two on draft night, which would be at this stage 46 and I think 91. And then there's uh, potential to take 103. And I'm sure we could probably take another one. I, I don't know the machinations as to, to how we get another pick, but they'll be going for free anyway. 
Excellent. So, Monocle, I'll open the floor to you on this one. I know you did the mock draft for the Eagles as well, so you've seen a, a semblance of a mock draft play out already. Do you want to just take us through this draft class in general, just as it pertains to the league? It's obviously got two elite talents at the top, and then where does it go from there? Look, I think it's a, a in, in many ways, a misunderstood draft. A lot of people are saying it's a weak draft. I, I disagree with that. It's got its idiosyncrasies, and Part of that is, I think, uh, other than the top two, the top end uh, talent is probably a little thinner than previous drafts. Uh, it's very much got a lack of key position players in the draft. And if you're looking for Ruckman, not a good year to be on the search. But I'd say one of one of the, the pleasing parts about it, there's a real evenness in this draft from 8 through to 35. Now, you might say you know, 10, 11, 12 might be... You favour them a little bit, but you're still going to get good players up until that 35. I think a lot of the negativity from the draft comes from the fact that Vic Metro didn't have a particularly good year. So a lot of the uh, uh, the commentators on it are, are Melbourne-based, and so they perceive a weaker Vic Metro as a weaker draft. Uh, that's not true. I think it's a different draft, but there's still a lot of good talent available in this year's crop. East Coast, I suppose that's a it's a good time to open the floor to yourself there. Is that the read that you're getting as well? And and do you think perhaps the coverage does play into the perception of the draft a little more than it should? Oh, absolutely. I spoke to a guy before the championships who's uh, sort of in the thick of it, uh, and he he sort of said this is the best Vic Metro side they've ever put in the park, and they were really buoyant about it. And I think they were quite shocked after they got beaten uh, on the first appearance at the MCG. Uh, and then again, they went over to um, play on uh, on one of our grounds, and uh, yeah, got um, handed their ass again. Uh, so they were a little bit taken back by that. But yeah, I do agree that the top end talent sort of stops at Raul and Anderson. And if you compare it to last year, uh, that was a weird year where there was eight guys that were really high end picks, and then it sort of it didn't fall away, but it wasn't as strong as what was from say pick three through to thirty five. But, yeah, I really like the depth in the teens, the 20s and the 30s this year. I think you're going to get really good players in there. Uh, and I think the other thing that's a shame for us is that it's a really good year for WA talent. Uh, there's probably 10 guys that are really high-end. Uh, and, it's, yeah, it's such a shame that we couldn't get in on that. And I think the other part to that is the big country guys who we've traditionally had a really good record with uh, in drafting and also keeping at the club. It's been a really strong year for them. So it's it's sort of a bit of a shame that we... Don't have many picks, but you can understand why we did it. Well, that's enough preamble. Let's dive into the draft itself. Asterix, we touched on the Tim Kelly picks at the start, and East Coast has just told us there that, look, there will be some talent available, particularly in the teens as well. So that's an area we've seen the Eagles exit. We've sent away pick 14, pick 24, and pick 37 in the draft uh, as part of the Tim Kelly package. So... What sort of talent can we expect to be seen taken there? And, and where does that leave us, I suppose, given that we, you're missing out on these types of guys? Yeah, well, I reckon Wells is going to make us look silly in this one because he's, he's, he's going to pick up some very good talent. Pick 14 is going to pick you up a very good midfielder, in my mind. Um, let's just go through the big footy mock draft. And they pick Miles Bergman, who's been a late surge in popularity and rising up the board. Very good inside midfielder. Cameron Tahini, South Australian boy, dropped off a bit, didn't he, Monica, in the um, the back end? And then they've got Josiah Pickett, who's a small, dangerous forward South Australian guy. And he's 
also been invited to the draft because he's potentially a, a top uh, a first round draft pick. So all three of those in different scenarios could be seen as first round draft picks, which is feeding into the points that both Monocle and uh, East Coast Eagles talked about, the evenness from the 15 to the 30 range and really good smalls and midfielders and medium defenders, medium uh, medium forwards. So yeah, I, I, I suspect um, listening to the Road to the Podcast, whatever it is, Road to the Draft Podcast, that uh, Stephen Wells will be all over it and he does like the WA talent. I'd be really pissed off if he picks up um, at 14, someone like Robertson, and then at uh, 24, he picks up Rivers, and then at 33, he picks up Trusco or uh, Elijah Taylor. I mean, that would that'd be, be terrible. Future Eagles all, welcome to the uh, the class of 2023 for the Eagles, all of those three guys. Yeah, just looking at those picks, Monocle, it is, like I say, it's an area that we exited. It's an area that perhaps there'll be some some talent found. When you were doing the big footy mock draft, you were representing the Eagles in that, how did it play out for you? Was there a run on particular positions that surprised you or you're sitting there waiting to see how it unfolded? Was there anything that, that really took a, took a left turn, took a curveball for you when you're watching it unfold? Look, I suppose the first one is at pick 46 that I had, I was, uh, I was a polite version, very disappointed in the, in the three or four picks before when Rusco came off the board, Georgiades came off the board, and I sort of got down to a situation, where, and I actually took uh, Garcia. I got down to sort of, uh, do I take guys with a little bit less talent that I know are going to be uh, strong and ready to go from day one? Or do I take someone with a bit of an injury risk? Uh, in in hindsight, you know, I may may have gone a tad early on uh, um, Garcia, but there are certain features of his play that I very much like. Uh, when I got to the ninety-one point pick, I didn't get too perturbed over that because, in all reality, that that ninety-one pick is going to collapse closer to around the seventy with guys giving up uh, bidding picks and uh, and guys passing. And at that point, I think there's an opportunity for us to get a decent player. I think there's some sleepers in the draft. And at that point, I think we've got a lot of options. We could go a tall, go a small, uh, or someone who's, who's just who's got quietly uh, snuck under the radar. But at port- pick 46, as I said uh, previously, I really got the feeling, gee, I'd love to have a pick closer to 40, 37, 36, because I still saw some gems there. Just going on, on the point that... Um, Asterix was making on the picks um, that we've given up. Sure, we've given up a lot. We've got a sensational player in in Kelly. But I've got to say this, assessing our list, I'm as comfortable with our list and pleased with the makeup of our current list as I've been for many years. I think it's well balanced uh, and I think we're in a good position, a mixture of, of young and old to make an impact in the next three or four years. So, you can't have it all. It's like greedy wanting all the presents. We've got what we've got and we'll just go with it. Expanding on that a little bit, East Coast Eagle, I'll start with you on this one, but we'll go around the table really, I suppose. Given that, A, we don't have a massive draft hand, but also, B, like Monocle's just touched on, we're, we're in a, a solid position to, to quite a strong position, actually, from our list build point of view. What do we need out of this draft, whether that's positional or whether that's impact now, impact in the future? What... What should we be taking away from this draft, knowing what we know today? With the picks that currently stand, uh, I really think we just have to go with best available. Uh, and it is going to be hard because a lot of good players are going to come off by then. But 
there will be some opportunity with some of the guys that were injured this year. And I think Garcia is one. Uh, he did his knee uh, quite late in the season. Uh, another one was Flynn Perez, um, who uh, Bendigo boy uh, here from here in Victoria, who uh, did his ACL really early in the season. Uh, but he was sort of touted as a um, first round pick before the start of the year. And uh, I've seen some vision of him lately. Uh, and uh, yeah, he really looks like a bit of a Bonty type, quite a tall midfielder, got some good pace and some good skills. So I think we just, uh, yeah, we're going to have to go to the hospital ward to maybe get the high-end talent that we want because otherwise I think anyone that's been fit and had a pretty good year uh, is going to get snapped up before we can get it. I mean, obviously the other option is that we try and trade up using the assets that we've got, but, yeah, that's going to be hard. Yeah, we'll touch on the trading scenarios in just a moment. Asterix, I'll I'll continue along with you uh, with this one. This, This draft class for the Eagles, what does it need to be? It needs to be a midfielder in my mind. Um, I'd like to come out of this with two good midfielders and a project ruck tool. And there are some project ruck tools you can get late. Or alternatively, if that's not available, um, we can go some smaller, faster options. But uh, you look at who we've delisted, you look at who's available to play midfield for us, the cupboard's bare not at all comfortable for the Beagles, who's going to be there in the midfield to, to be to be coming along in that area. And and it, people talk about it. it is a, it is a midfielder's draft, this one. So let's cash in on where it's best at. And I think at 46, and again, if we can come in at low 30s or we get at 46 and maybe get another one at 50 where we, if we could sell the Geelong pick, you'd be able to get two decent midfielders in, in mind there. And I've got a couple that I'm thinking, yeah, there should be a good half dozen to choose from. Not top, top end, but good, good end. Certainly. So, Monocle, just for you, just closing out the concept of, of what we need out of this draft. Positionally, I think we can all agree midfield would be ideal. In terms of impact, it's a hard top end midfield to crack currently. They're certainly not expecting uh, senior games, I wouldn't suggest, out of the draft days this year. But if, if we are going to draft a midfielder in the draft, when is this guy going to start to develop and, and really make his presence felt? Are we looking at a project three- to four-year guy, or are there guys out there that we can reasonably expect to step up in case of an injury or something like that? No, look, I think the, whoever we take at 46 as a midfielder is a two- to three-year proposition. That's why in part of my reasoning for taking Garcia, you know, he's popped his knee, so realistically we're not going to get a lot of real-time football out of him next year. Uh, the following year, so someone like that. And I I agree with East Coast Eagles. There are a few sneaky guys like Perez and I might throw later to East Coast Eagles. Uh, The Sandringham Dragons boy, uh, Danny, is uh, the pronunciation Chergwin. He is someone that I think we might might have a look at in that slot around the 46 marks. Um, Also, we've got the local boy, uh, Chad Warner, maybe a, a touch early. But if we, if we know one thing from the way our recruiting guys have worked, they'll stack that white board up and they'll just, they'll just go best player available. As they come off, they'll put a line through them and just work their way down. So it might even be – it might surprise us all if they oh, – I'll throw a name for argument's sake. A guy like uh, Hilda, the, um, the South Australian fullback, if they have him as the best player available at 46 – that's what they'll do. They'll just go best available. I agree with East Coast Eagles on that. That's 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 our modus operandi. That's what we've done for the last three or four years. All right, so let's work on the assumption that our first pick is that pick 46. Uh, we don't trade up. We'll, we'll talk about some trade concepts going forward, but let's for now just work on the assumption that our first pick is 46. Asterix, I'll start with you. 
can you give us maybe two to three names that you expect will be available there and, and sort of guys that you would be targeting if that final decision was up to you? Pick 46, I would really like to see us go for Trey Rusco. He's from Mountain Boy. He's been, some people will say he's a halfback. Well, that's, that's rubbish because he played some great inside midfield. He can play back, he can play forward, and he can play mid, inside midfield. Um, I think he's going to be an absolute bloody gem, and I would love to get my hands on him. In and around there, I think we've got uh, the names of Perez that were mentioned. Potentially Ralph Smith could be there, but he's starting to rise up the boards. There's some decent midfield strength. I might even go a bit earlier, which is someone said Chad Chad Warner, another Reese from Mantle boy. He's an in, inside, uh, he's a little little tiger. Uh, Reese from Mantle have got a number of, I think, that will get picked up this year. Uh, there's another South Australian guy called uh, Joshua Shoot. He's, he's another. He's got some real pace to him as well. They're the sorts of midfielders I'd like to, for us to go to at 46. It'll be an interesting one. As, as I mentioned, I mean, if amidst Georgiades is, is, I think he's starting to rise up the boards now, but his, his combine did that for him. But he was one that was being touted in the 50-plus about six, eight weeks ago before the combine, but now he's starting to get into the, the second round. That's who I'd be going for. Um, good options to go for. East Coast, any names for you that stick out that should be there at that 46? I, I feel there's going to be a slider for whatever reason. And um, uh, Taylor, uh, Elijah, Elijah Taylor might slip through to there. There's been room in that, you know, homesickness, those sorts of things. Uh, I've got a feeling someone's just going to slide through to there and uh, we'll, we'll snap them up pretty early. But another name that I'd sort of throw in there would be uh, Ryan Burns. Um, he's a Sandy Dragons product. Uh, he had a really, really strong year for the Dragons. Knows how to find the ball. He's got a good, uh, good bit of speed on him, um, and uh, he's pretty reliable midfielder. A little bit shorter, but um, the one thing that sort of might make him slide out a little bit is that you know one out of ten kicks will be something that you you just won't know where it came from. Uh, it will slide on the ground, or uh, it, it won't necessarily be a turnover. It will just be a what the f- moment. Um, it, he, he's got some real talent, and I think he's one guy that could really be harnessed in a good environment. Uh, and another one who I think guys have sort of touched on him is um, Sam Phillip. Um, didn't make the Vic Metro squad, which uh, sort of pushed him to excel uh, at his at his team, the Northern Knights. Uh, and yeah, he had a really really strong year. He's got a good burst of speed, pretty similar to Burns in the sense that um, you know there's, there's the odd kick that goes astray, but uh, yeah, he's got some real assets like speed and um, finding the ball. But uh, yeah, mainly just bursting out of packs and uh, creating that little bit of excitement. And I think the other one was Chergwin, which was mentioned. Um, he was injured for the first half of the year uh, and really came back in the second half and had a really strong second half of the year. Uh, he's one that sort of knows how to find the footy. He's a contested boy. He's pretty tall. I think the only knock on him might be he's a tad slow, uh, but he knows how to find the footy and he knows how to extract it out to those uh, users on the outside. Uh, but he's one that sort of that rapid growth at the end of the year is a good indicator that they're on the rise. Monocle, for yourself, you, you gave us a couple of names that were available and indeed that you picked in the mock. Do you expect the regular draft or the real draft, I suppose, to play out that way? Or do you think there might be a host of different names available at 46 that you'd like to see the Eagles take? Well, I live in hope, like East Coast Eagles, that there is a slider uh, and that then we, we snap them up. 
the guys around the mark that both Asterix and East Coast Eagles are mentioned, they're pretty much in, in my, my, or my grouping of who I think might be around there. Predicting who's going where, you know, is always a roller coaster ride. Some clubs do some weird things, others are predictable. But, but I'm happy enough with uh, the names as previously mentioned by Asterix and East Coast Eagles. I think that's pretty much it. I do like as Asterix spent that shoot. I like the wheels on him. He's very, very outside. And, you know, I, I think he's he's got a lot of attributes to, to play AFL football. Ralph Smith's an interesting one. He's got all the tools and uh, he's quite an athlete. Uh, and I'll throw in another name, the, uh, maybe a tad early for him, but Lachlan Potter from the Northern Knights. Um, he may be around uh, uh, around that mark if some of the ones that we uh, have mentioned earlier have come off the board. So by the sounds of it now, admittedly, it might not be your top-end talent, but it seems like there are some guys that will still be you know, a bit of a hot commodity. There'll, there'll be uh, certainly a demand for a couple of these guys around that 46. But based on the comments earlier, it seems, as indeed with most drafts, the earlier you can get into the draft, the better. So Asterix, do you want to take us through a couple of ways the Eagles might turn that 46 into a pick, perhaps in the early 30s, or just move up and try and get just a bit of an earlier entry into this draft? Well, I think we've already moved up with our pick spot with Brisbane a little bit. What I think we have to do is seriously get a buyer for the Geelong third round pick for next year. And this is the part that I was disappointed we didn't get Geelong's second round in, as coming back, but we got what we got. Um, that'll get something in the 50s, I think. You could then package up the 50 plus the the 46 that we've got, and that gets us somewhere in the mid to low 30s. That's one way. Alternatively, you keep that 50 and you go for the 46 and the something in the 50 that, you, that you'll get two picks around that 40-50 range and then take one or two at the very back end of the draft. So they're the only two ways I think we can do it. Well, the only one way to do that is to, to sell off the third rounder. And I think there will be enough players, uh, sorry, clubs that are wanting points for next year because there are a heap of club-aligned talent boys sitting in uh, 2020's draft that uh, they'll be wanting to start accumulating some some points. And, and you know, I, I would look at it and I'd feel a bit new. I'm not sure. I'd, Monocle was probably wanting more of a pick in the 30s, and that might pick you something like Thompson Dow, a slightly higher prospect, than trying to get a Chad Warner. But, you know, there again, a Chad Warner plus a shoot, would that be better than a Thompson Dow plus something at the very, very back end? Yeah, it's, it's hard. But there are good options for us either way. I'd, I'd back us in um, with two picks in the 40s and 50s, and I'd also back us in with something at about the 30, 30, 35 level. East Coast, we've seen that the Eagles have no issue with live trading. They certainly have no issue with pick swaps and, and moving up the order. Uh, it's been a, a feature of, of the draft period for the Eagles now for a couple of years. So would you expect that the Eagles make a deal? It's hard to predict, I know, a week in advance, but... If we got to the end of the draft and the Eagles ended up not picking where we're currently picked, would that shock you at all? It wouldn't shock me, but I don't think it would be a, a lack of trying. Um, I, I know that uh, I had it on very good authority last year that um, we tried to trade up to get Xavier Dersma, uh, who would have been a really nice player. Uh, and, yeah, apparently there's a lot of the wheeling and dealing that we don't see uh, happening in the background. So uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked uh, only because – you know, uh, someone doesn't rate our hand, but like it was mentioned earlier, 
I think there's a number of clubs that have academy prospects and father-sons next year that they'll be looking for those points. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we've got two third-rounders next year. Uh, we'll be able to offer up one of those to really move up the board. I, I sort of feel we might we might be really looking at a player. Uh, so we might go with the trying to get into the 30s to get that player. Um, so I feel we might do that rather than getting the additional, say, pick in the 50s. And, yeah, I don't know, it's a tough one because I think if you had pick 46 and pick 50, you would get two good players. But there could be some really good names in around that 30. And one that I really like is Jay Rantel. Um, he's sort of an inside midfielder who's got really slick hands. Uh, he's one that sort of had a similar journey um, to Petrocelli in the sense that he was playing a very high level of basketball. He was actually playing with Luke Jackson um, in the Australian team, uh, but he switched to footy and he's had really rapid acceleration this year. And uh, he's one that could be, end up being a real high end talent. Uh, and if we got someone like him in the 30s, I think we'd be wrapped. Monocle, I might be putting you a little bit on the spot here, but just while we're trying to project what the Eagles are indeed going to do and, and perhaps any trades that might take place, if you had to put a name to each of the picks that we've got, or basically what are you projecting the Eagles do when it's all said and done? Yeah, I'll work on the assumption that we, we go with what we've got, 46 and the 91. Uh, at the 46 mark, I think we'll probably... Uh, Take someone, I'll give you a couple of names, Garcia, uh, another player we might take uh, um, if, he, if he fell through uh, was was some of one of the Anzacs, Georgiades or Rusko. But given that they may not be there, another name to throw in who's I'm, uh, I'm quite impressed with the kid, the way he developed when he came down the country to East Fremantle. It's another Jackson, a kid by the name of Jai Jackson. His skills aren't super. Uh, they, they need tidying up a little bit, but you can't question the guy's endeavour. I, I have his endeavour level on similar uh, to uh, to Garcia. So that one, uh, either of those two, sorry, I mean, going through to 91, well, that's, that's really, that's Pandora's box. We'll just see what's happened. But I'll throw a name in at 91 if we are after a Ruckman. Uh, a young lad, well, he's 24 years of age. He's been on Brisbane list, and I'm talking about Archie Smith. He's 202 and 105. Ruckman generally take a bit longer to mature. I think the I think he's been prematurely delisted by Brisbane myself, and I think he's right for the picking. So, yeah, that's just a name I throw in there, maybe from left field, but I think he would be worth considering with our last pick. While we're talking late picks, talking some roughies or maybe a couple of sliders, Asterix, I'll start with you. Do you have any names that jump out at you as a good late draft option or even perhaps a rookie pick option? Well, I had, uh, I think East Coast Eagles mentioned him. I took Potter. I had Sydney in the Big Footy mock draft and I took him as a late pick. Great at halfback flanker and uh, wingman with great outside toe and good skills. He's someone that I'd consider. There's, as a rookie... I kind of like the idea of Tyrone Thorne. He's small, he's skinny, and he's bloody dangerous around the goals. In the carnival, he had uh, Elijah Taylor and um, Liam Henry doing more of the glory small, shorter, you know, small man stuff around the uh, forward line. So he played quite deep. But for Peel Thunder, he's had some 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 great games, and he's been averaging two goals a game. So he's someone that. I think we've we've proven that we've got a good program to bring some young Indigenous talent in, and uh, he could be mentored very nicely by the 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 the, the Lewis Jetta and the the Ryan group and brought along. 
Um, that's that's one. There's there's uh, Pinner. He's a um, an overage small defender. He's smart. He he loves he loves a, a contest, and uh, we really don't have a quick lockdown um, defender to pick up some of the dangerous small forwards. He might be another good option that uh, we could pick up in that space. And East Coast, I'll throw to you on some more Smokies. Any guys that you want to see the Eagles sniff around with either in the rookie draft or just in those later picks in the national draft? Like I said sort of earlier, I think that sort of pick 90 sort of, it's very close to the rookie draft anyway. So I'll give you some names that sort of will flip between 90 or the rookies. Uh, there's one guy I really like um, only because uh, one of his coaches gave me his name early uh, in the piece, which is Oscar Lewis. Uh, he's a tall Tall sort of rebounding half-back flanker. But I, I, my projection is for him to go into the midfield. And um, speaking to my contact, he said he played a lot of midfield time for Brighton. Uh, and, yeah, he, he actually uh, clocked up the, the record for the uh, best repeat sprints uh, earlier in the year. Uh, so he's got that real athletic build. Uh, he's got really good pace. And usually he's a really reliable kick. Uh, I think he's, his knock is probably he doesn't get a lot of the footy. Uh, but I think in the right environment, he's one guy where the ceiling is really, really high uh, and he could develop into a really nice midfielder for us or even halfback. Uh, another guy from the same school um, and another uh, Sandy boy is uh, Lewis Butler. I like his dual position status. He's one guy that can sort of play on a wing or uh, lock down in the um, back pocket. Uh, but he's also got a nice little bit of speed on him and uh, a pretty reliable user. Uh, he might just have the odd kick that goes askew. We won't hang him for that. Uh, another guy that was pretty good for Vic Metro, but a bit of a forgotten name, is um, Ryan Sturgis. Uh, he's a very good sort of intercepting halfback and a lovely kick on him. Uh, and there's another guy who had a stellar year and got his team to the grand final, the NAB Cup, which was Mitch Malice. Bit of a smaller winger, but he's got good aggression, uh, knows how to find it, and uh, a very good user, and he can kick a goal. Sounds good. Look, we'll move along to a couple of quick questions from Big Footy and indeed from Twitter. Uh, if you're not following us, at WCEBFpod on Twitter, you can uh, follow us on there. It'd be much appreciated. But, Monocle, I'll start with you with this one. Uh, it's a question from Big Footy from MattyC75. Uh, he wants to know a little bit more about some WA prospects outside of the big names. Now, obviously, you've got uh, Henry and Rivers, Sharp, Jackson, Robertson, these sorts of guys. But are there any other WA guys that we need to know about? I think a few have been mentioned already that might be available around where the Eagles are picking. Yeah, actually, I read uh, I read his uh, his post and uh, he asked for 10. 10 might be a bit of a stretch, but uh, the, the other than the big names, we've already mentioned Taylor and Georgiades and Rusco. Another kid who I'm uh, quite impressed with is Jackson Pryor. Uh, I think he's got some good skills and uh, uh, he should he should garner attention. There's another kid that uh, I think's a bit of a smoky, and that's uh, it's a kid, West Perth boy by the name of Ben Johnson. Uh, Johnson has got two attributes that you really like for a footballer. He's super, super quick. Uh, I think he runs the 20 and around the, the, the 2.8 mark. Uh, he's very, very quick. And his uh, foot skills are absolutely elite. For those of you who watched the WA Vic Metro game on a blustery, windy day out at uh, 
out at Laft Lane Park. Ben Johnson was the player that both uh, Robinson and Jai Jackson handballed uh, from outside 50, and he nailed two goals, and, and they were goals as soon as they came off the boot. They went through halfway up the the, 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 uh, the goalposts, and they were just dead ice. Uh, straight. Two things that he needs to work on, which is probably why he's not as, as uh, put out there as, as, as a better touted player, is one, he's a bit small, he needs to build up some strength. Secondly, he can build a tank. But if he can get that tank and get his strength with that, those ball, ball skills and that speed, he could be an absolute steal. And I actually have seen enough of his um, composure with ball in hand that if he can get a tank and get some strength, he, for me, has got midfield potential. At the moment, he's a small lockdown defender, um, but when when he when he is freed up, uh, his pace is a real genuine asset. So let's throw that one in uh, for, in, in the mix for thinking. Asterix, another question now, one from Twitter from Shaztech. What's more important for our list as it's currently built, a key position defender or a ruck prospect? Ruck prospect for me, because on a key defence, key position defender, you've got you know, McGovern's what twenty seven. 28. We've got Barras at uh, early early mid 30s. Brander, uh, I actually want us to be trialing Brander in in as a key key defender, not as a key forward, and I think that'll get him into the team earlier. I was quite impressed on seeing a little bit of Harry Edwards. Thought he showed enough this year to to be a potential. And you've got uh, Rotham, who was a halfback flanker when we we drafted him, but he's grown to be the third tall. Um, I, I suggest we've probably got enough with, with all of that. And, and, and to top that on as well, um, I saw Williams, Bailey Williams, play enough games for enough time enough time in the in defence as a key defender in, in the TAC Cup to say that if we needed it as a pinch, we could take him there. And the, the ruck stocks, um, yeah, look, I think just patiently, if we can get a Callum Jamison, he might be a good option. There are other options later in the draft and uh, the, the Archie one, yeah, that's a possibility as well. So I'd be keener to take a, a developing ruck that we could patiently put away um, for two or three years and, uh, and, and roll out later on. All right, guys, last question on the Eagles before we wrap it up, and I'll go to each of you on it. East Coast, I'll start with you. Take this however you like. If there were one player in this year's draft that you really desperately wanted to be an Eagle, who would it be? Oh, tough question. Uh, I like a lot of players in this draft, but um, I think I can't go past Luke Jackson. Whether we need him or not, um, he's just a star. I think... um, after he jumps for the ball and it comes to the ground, the work he does around there is just elite. Um, he'll win the ball back through tackling and getting a clearance. He's just – he really is a talent. And for me, I think he should be top five in this draft. Uh, I do love that um, GWS have traded up uh, and they really want him. And if we know there's a club that's got a history of leaking high-end draft picks uh, early, it's them. So uh, I, I really want them to get him so that in a couple of years' time that we could have a real crack at him, um, if possible. Excellent. Another one for the Eagles class of 2023 when we get a few of these returning young WA stars. Monocle, over to you. One Eagles player, or one player, I suppose, in the draft that is going to become an Eagle. Who would you want that to be? Uh, just kudos to East Coast Eagles. Very good uh, pick in, in, in Jackson. Player for me that I really like is a kid by the name of Sam Flanders, 
a uh, a guy who can play as a genuine half forward and be a good goal kicker, can be dangerous as an inside mid, can also be a wingman. Uh, but for his height, the guy is he, he plays tall. He's very good overhead mark. He just adds a lot. Uh, when, whenever you get a goal kicking midfielder who's one touch and silky skilled, they're hard to ignore. And Asterix, last but certainly not least, same question for yourself there. Which player would you most like to see be an Eagle from this draft? Well, thanks, East Coast. You know I took um, Luke Jackson for Sydney at five and some people weren't happy. He was my first choice. But my second choice would be coming in and saying, Tom Green. Who wouldn't want the next Patrick sitting in your midfield? He'd be playing in 2020-21 and uh, he's already proven he'll be able to live away from home. Uh, we don't have anything like him. And the reason why I want him is O'Brien never picks someone like him and we don't have an inside bull like that. And so if we could overrule the, 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 the draft one particular year and get ourselves an inside bull, it might change our dynamics of our midfield. Very good. Well, lastly, before we close the book on the Eagles draft, there were a couple of guys that news came out about last week. Uh, of course, Archie and Brayshaw, they were delisted. The option was extended that the Eagles would be bringing them back if another club didn't beat us to it first. East Coast, from your perspective, is that a decision that sits well with you? Do you think we'll bring them back? How do you think we'll bring them back? And if it were solely up to you, is that something that you'd be pursuing? I definitely would be. Uh, if we don't need them as depth for the Eagles, which I think we do, um, I think we definitely need them for the B Eagles. Um, I think uh, for someone like Brayshaw, he's sort of had an injury interrupted couple of years, but uh, once he's got a run on in his football, he's been very, very good. Uh, I do have a slight bias for him because he's a local lad to me. But, yeah, I think he's he's got some real talent. Yes, he's a little bit slow, but he could be that extraction machine that we need. So yeah, I'd give him another year and I'd probably place him on the rookie list. Uh, I think Archie, I like his dual status of, you know, half forward. He wasn't amazing at half back, but he wasn't bad either. And I think he's also he can go through the midfield. So he adds real depth uh, to uh, our list. So I'd be rookie listing him too um and yeah absolutely i'd keep those guys monocle for yourself if, if it were up to you and solely up to you would you be bringing those two blokes back well i like what we've done first and foremost because it gives them some flexibility and maneuverability within the draft itself uh if the worst case scenario is that we don't have a, a player on our board who we thought were as would contribute as much um to the makeup of the entire list as those two well so be it that's a pretty good to, pretty good default position for us to have. I think both of them have got some uh, positional, um, or Archie in particular, positional uh, flexibility. And Brayshaw, I was actually wrapped with the way he finished the season. And, um, yeah, look, maybe a bit sentimental, but I'd love to see him get a get another year and actually prove us all wrong and cement his place in the side. So I backed the move. And uh, if if both of them were returned to the list in one in one way or another, yeah, I'd endorse that. They've they've, they've got some assets. And Asterix for yourself, same question. Uh, it's a big yes for me bringing uh, Brayshaw back on because I think he did improve. I'm a little bit unsure about Archie. I don't think he improved at all during the year. And what worries me with him is. He's a bit selective and when he goes and he doesn't do the second, third and fourth efforts and as an inside midfielder, you've got to have him do that. And I also get peeved off with him trying to take mark of the year too often. <laughs> yeah. um, and that, that's just not accountable football. And so 
I, I don't know. We need we need the depth we've we've shown. You look at the 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 dearth, well, the, the people we've got in midfield, and his age group. We don't have much at all. Um, so a rookie, a cheap rookie. Yeah, I'd bring him back as a cheap rookie, but I wouldn't put him on our main list because then we're committed for two years on him. Well, that will do it from all of us today. Thanks very much for listening. And indeed, thank you to our expert draft panel, Asterix, first and foremost. Thanks for coming back onto the pod and uh, lending us your insights. Well, thank you. Um, I'm not quite as expert as East Coast Eagles and Monocle, but um, I just enjoy it. But it's it's, it's fun doing. And uh, considering there's bugger all to look for on on draft night, there's got to be a pony in in a room for the horse shit, doesn't there? That's it. We've got to make the most of it. We've got to make uh, make some headlines somehow. East Coast, for yourself, first time on the podcast. Thanks very much for coming on and thanks for uh, sharing your draft insights ahead of next week's big event. No, thank you. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it was uh, a pleasure to sort of team up with um, you guys, you know, legends of the um, big footy uh, West Coast board. So, um, yeah, and it was a pleasure to team up with you guys. And I think that's rubbish, Asterix. You're uh, – an absolute legend in the in the um, draft. So, uh, yeah, don't sell yourself short. Look at this. It's all a big love-in. Isn't this sweet? Uh, Monocle, <laughs> last but not least, you've, you've led the way for the Eagles on the mock draft board and uh, now you've shared your insights and you've taught all of the listeners what we're going to do next week in the draft. So thanks very much for coming on. Oh, look, my pleasure. And uh, it's one of these funny years. Uh, draft night's going to be like uh, Christmas Day. You're watching around. Everyone's opening up the presents and there's no presents for you. But such is life. we just got to take take uh, the fact that we've got one of the best midfielders in uh, Tim Kelly on board next year. Can't have it all. Bit of advice for anybody sad on draft night. Just jump onto the Eagles Twitter. They've posted a bunch of photos of Tim Kelly training in Eagles uniform. So if that doesn't make you happy, then you're in the wrong game. Anyway, guys, that will wrap it up from us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, if you have any feedback, any questions for the podcast, you can hit us up on Big Footy, certainly, or you can follow us on Twitter at WCEBFpod. Uh, Any questions, comments, reviews, always appreciated. But otherwise, thanks very much for listening. All the best for the Eagles in the draft, and I hope that they pick your favourite player. And we will talk to you next time. Bye now.